particular scripture or line of thought, uh, which is um, run your best race for Jesus um, or run your best lap for him. Um, I, I nearly lost it there. Um, and, and the thoughts, I, I, I don't know whether it's inspiring you and encouraging you. I, I look at some race runners in, my, in the past you know, who were an encouragement to me when I wanted to run. Um, many of you may remember Sebastian Coe um, or Steve Ovitt. I remember some, some of you remember those. Um, after that came Steve Cram. Um, I don't know about these days. I, no one really inspires me because I don't go running. Well, Phil inspires me, but I don't go running anymore. So um, no, there's no point trying to inspire me. But those were the guys that inspired me. And um, when I was younger and, and in the years when I, I love running. But I'm trusting that the word of God is inspiring you to run your best lap for Jesus. Because if the word of God doesn't do it and my preaching doesn't do it, I, I don't know what's not, you know, what, what is it that's going to stir you up enough? Because if the Holy Spirit in the room bringing the word to life in your heart, I, I, I don't know, you, sometimes we just need to stir ourselves up. I guess that comes down to the bottom line. Um, and the Bible says, stir yourself up in your most holy faith. So I guess at times we need to do that. But I'm conscious looking around the room and knowing many of your faces, that many of you have been on this journey of faith with God for many years. This race, this journey, this walk of faith, however you want to term it, there are those in the room that have been on the journey for many, many years. But I'm also conscious that there are those in the room who have encountered Jesus fairly recently and are new to their Christian walk. And, and with that, there comes a point in all of our lives that we realize that becoming saved doesn't stop us from encountering bad things. But when we go through bad things, there is one who walks through the fire with us. There's one who walks through the rivers. There's one who walks through the fire whom he'd said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And it's in those moments we draw strength from him that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though we walk through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, he is there with us in that journey. And in this journey of life and in these moments, today really I want to focus on the Apostle Paul. And the journey that he was on. You know, the Apostle Paul, we know he saw many times of incredible victory where he overcame. And there were moments in his life when he went through stuff that none of us would want to go through. But he knew that Jesus was with him. And I just want to, want to encourage you today that whether you're facing a shipwreck, whether you're facing... In, 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 a, in, in you know, pictorial terms, a stoning where things are just being thrown at you constantly. Paul went through those things, but he wouldn't give up on his faith. And this morning, as we read these words, the final words, pretty much, of the Apostle Paul, we hear something of Paul's journey, of his testimony, and what he declared over his life as being his story. And every one of us in this room have a his story. You have a history of your past. Right now you're making your his story. 
or her story, depending if you're a male or a female, you're making his, his story or her story moving forward in the weeks and months and years ahead. But I just want to give you a bit, back, bit of a background in Paul's life and Timothy's life, because Paul is writing to Timothy. Paul is sharing what his journey has been like, and he's sharing it with Timothy. Timothy had been faithful, a faithful servant, walking with Paul, serving under him for 20 years together. You know, I look around the room and and I think, yeah, there's people who have walked with us for 20 years. There are those who have walked with us for 20 years and and sometimes, or, or a number of years, and sometimes you think, why? You never encouraged, you never prayed, you never stood in the cab. What, 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 what is the point? Never stood arm to arm. And Paul, later on, I'll go through this, Paul mentions those that actually had betrayed him, who hadn't walked with him, hadn't stood by him in those moments of difficulty. Timothy had the privilege of serving under Paul in the church at Ephesus. The church at Ephesus was one of those churches that Paul, as an apostle, went out as a sent one and planted that church and established it. And for three years, Timothy was working alongside him. And then he released the leadership of that church into Timothy's hands. But there was a journey. I love the fact that as you go through the Bible and you read in the different books of the Bible, that a church popped up here. And there was an established leadership that were, were gathered together by the apostles. And then they left the leadership in, t- in charge of that church. Watch out for those who are preaching about toxic church and church deconstruction in our today generation. Because churches were set up, they were established, a leadership was positioned... And then the apostle would move on to establish another church. And church for the last 2,000 years has gone the same way and has done the same thing. And it was established on the doctrines of the apostles. In Acts chapter 2 verse 46, it says that it would be established on the apostles' doctrine, on the prayer, on fellowship, and gathering around um, the Lord's Supper. And church has done that in various forms for the last 2,000 years. And Timothy now had the privilege of leading the church at Ephesus. At the time that Paul is writing this letter, the second letter, he's in a damp, dark Roman prison under guard. Actually, he's at the point where he's about to lose his life. In AD 67, Paul is eventually martyred for his faith. But here he's writing to Timothy. And saying, Timothy, you need to be aware of these things. Actually, Timothy, you need to be aware of these people who have done me much harm. Timothy, you need to be aware of these people who have walked with me and stayed faithful in the journey. Paul, at this time, is in that Roman prison. The Roman emperor at the time was Nero. And he was person the church on a daily basis, killing thousands of Christians in cruel and inhumane ways. And there are records of that, of what took place in, Ro- in, in, in Rome and, and the surrounding regions. There are 
records, historic Roman records of what went on. And at the close of this second pastoral letter, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy are pastoral letters that he's saying to him. He talks about how to build a church, how to, how to position leaders within the church, how that church should be established on deacons and elders and all the rest of it. And Paul here is at the end of that second letter, and he mentions many things that we need to apply still to the church today. Then comes this incredible passage. This incredible passage, which is a faith-filled statement regarding the spiritual course and journey of Paul's life. And this is incredible. We've been talking about running our best lap for Jesus. Listen to these words. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. Paul says this to Timothy, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In this room, if you love Jesus and you have walked in his ways and you remain faithful to the end, there is a crown of righteousness awaiting you. There is a crown awaiting you. A crown of that he, the righteous judge, will give you. I can't wait to receive that crown. In the fact that this life stinks in many ways. But when we get there, we will be face to face with him. But I know that I have a purpose whilst here on earth. So with long life, will he satisfy me and show him, me my salvation? Right? With long life, I'm not planning on going anywhere yet, right? And like the Apostle Paul, I want this to be my testimony. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. And there is a crown of righteousness laid up for me in that day. After 30 years of being a Christian, 30 years of walking with the Lord, 30 years of pouring his life out and following hard after Jesus, Paul lays down his life as a martyr. What would cause you or me to step off the track? Because we've got to face these moments in our life, in the journey of our, our Christian walk with God. Is there anything that would cause you to step off the track and say, I'm not going to follow any longer? I'm not going to be a part of his house any longer. Paul, we're going to look at this next week, but Paul went through all sorts of trials and temptations, testings, but he remained faithful to the journey. 
He said, I have finished the race. Let's not step off the track until we've finished our race. Because that is so important. His testimony was this before God. It was his testimony before the church. And do you know what? It was his testimony before the world. I have finished the race. I have finished the race. Oh, yes, it's been a fight. But I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. Do you know what? There are some Christians up and down this country who will fall away during the race. And they won't finish in the manner in which they could have. That's a sad reality when you look at churches up and down our country who have lost so many through COVID situation, not through death, but because they walked away. They found something else to fill their time. They found another way of doing life without including Jesus in the middle of it. Before COVID happened, there were 5 million Christians attending church in our nation. One million have not returned. One million have not come back. Why? They, st- they stepped off the track. One million in our nation. And yes, even in this church, even here in Family Church Gospel, there are those who have stepped off the track. They've not gone to another church. They've just stepped off the track. My life has got too busy. Too busy for God? God is meant to be at the center of our lives, not the peripheral of our lives. Not, well, if I make time for him, I'll include him. No, he's meant to be at the center of it all. One million Christians have decided to step off the track. Do you know what? I am so thankful that you are here and that you're on the track. Some will face pressure and opposition and give up along the way. Some will listen to false prophets who will lead many astray. For others, the Bible says the love of many will grow cold. Listen to this scripture. In Matthew 24, it says this. And many who have followed me and claimed to love me and sought God's kingdom will turn away. They will abandon the faith and betray and hate one another. The love that they had for one another will grow cold because few will obey the law. False prophets will appear. Watch out for who you listen to online and who you listen to in this world. Watch out. False prophets will appear. Many, many will be taken in by them. And the only thing that will grow is wickedness. There will be no end to the increase of wickedness. But those who do not waver from our path and do not follow those false prophets, those among you will be saved. (laughs) What a great promise. Those who continue. Remember, the early Christians were known as the way. Jesus said that I am the way the truth, and the life. There is only one way. And when we follow him, we won't be led away by false teachers or false prophets. When we follow his way, 
in our journey. So be aware. We're living in perilous times, as the Bible would say. Nobody said that the journey would be easy. Paul never turned around to the disciples or, or those around about him and said, the journey is going to be easy. What he did say and say to Jesus, Jesus said, I will never leave you. He didn't say it's going to be an easy journey. But he said, I won't leave you in the midst of the journey. When you think, like, the, like, like, like um, what was it the um, poem goes, when you think there's only one set of footprints, that was the moment that I was carrying you. That's true for every one of our lives. When we think he's left us, that's the moment he's carrying us. He is always there in the journey of our life. You know, the journey may not be easy at times. And throughout this race, we may endure hardship. But the Bible says, count it all joy. Because we, don't, we shouldn't be looking at the, the 70, 80, 90 years that we're on earth, this earth. What we do in this life is preparation for eternity. What we do here, what we invest in here, where the treasure of our heart is here, will make a difference in our eternity. It's all about the preparation of our heart in the here and now that determines where our future in eternity will be. I love the fact that Jesus, by his spirit, is in us, but he runs alongside us. He is, you know, as, as some um, people put it, he is our coach. If we're running our best lap, then the coach not only is running alongside us saying, come on, you can do it a little bit more, just a little bit further. There's a voice on the inside saying, you can do it. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When we don't know what to do, our eyes are on you and he comes through with an answer to our life. He's not only the coach who's running alongside saying, come on, Asher, Nasher, yes, you can do it. You can win. Marlo, come on, you can do it. You can break through. Robbie, you can make it. He's not just the one who's running alongside. He's the one who's saying, I'm in you. Trust me. My anointing, my power, the Bible says the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies. So that when we run, we can run and not grow weary. That we can run and not grow faint. Why? Because it's the spirit of God in us that quickens and motivates and enables us to keep going. I want to show you a quick clip of a DVD, of a particular situation, click it, ready, pause, <laughs> of a heart of a father, because the heart of our father is so for you. You may have had a bad experience of a father. I may not have been the best father on planet earth, and I've made mistakes along the journey of my life, but I know that there is a father in heaven who is perfect in all his ways and I want to show you this clip because it shows the heart of a father
Quite amazing, eh? Does anyone remember 
that race. I remember watching that race and seeing that happen. For some of you, 1992 was way before you were born. (laughs) One thing Derek said, he wanted to run with total determination. That can be our heart cry. Are we absolutely determined to run our best race for Jesus? Not run it for ourselves. It's about running it for him. Because one day we receive the winner's crown. It's about running our best race for him. You lift me up when I'm on your shoulder. He lifts us up. The love of the Father steps down out of the crowd and comes along, puts his arm around his son. How many times has our Father in heaven done that to each one of us? In this journey called life, when pressure is so, so much, how many times has our Father come alongside us and put his arm around us? And he's just helped us on that journey. We may not have known it was him. We may not have seen the hand of God upon us at that moment. But he's been there just leading, gently guiding making sure that that finishing line is in target in our life. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Right now, I think for us, that's our scripture. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no strength. Is that a scripture in your life? Is that a scripture you need for you? When you have no might, you have no strength left. He increases strength. Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident that this one thing, this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, he will complete it. We just need to stay on track, church. We need to stay on track. I, you may be visiting because of, a, uh, because of a dedication. Fantastic, great. You may have been a part of the church, but you've come to celebrate and to join. If you're not a part of a church, get in church. Because the Lord wants to complete the work in you until the day he returns. Someone once said this. God will never give up on you. No matter what you do, he is always there for you. And he endures every circumstance you're in. I'm just looking around the room and I I know some of the journeys. I know some of the, the pain and the pressures that you've been under. That you've encountered. The hurt, the pain, the upset. Let me read it again. God will never give up on you. No matter what you do, 
he is always there for you. And he endures every circumstance you are in. He knows. So how does this message speak into your life? How does it apply? I've sat there and I've prepared it because I believe that was a download from heaven. But how does it apply? Is it, is it Derek that you say, no, I'm going to stay on the track. I may be limping right now. I may be limping in my journey, but I'm not giving up. There may be something that's causing me to limp, but I'm going to keep to the very end. I'm just going to keep on going. Just going to keep on going. The key is to stay on track. The key is to stay on course. Because our Father in heaven will leave the stands to come and run with us in the midst of our hurt. So, how does it apply to our life? If someone was tasked today with writing your epitaph, what would they say? What words would be written in your memory? What inscriptions will be written on your tombstone? You know, this last week, I've started to prepare a funeral service for Carl. For some of you will remember Carl Ridgely, who passed away. I'm writing his thoughts and memories. But as I was thinking about what I would say about him, I suddenly thought, well, what would people say about me? Would people be bothered when I'm gone? Would there be someone that would write something nice about my journey? Our story isn't complete. Remember that. Your story hasn't come to an end. For some in the room, you may be on the last chapter. And let's hope that the last chapter is like uh, Psalm 119. It just keeps on going. But you may be on the last chapter because of perhaps age in your life. But there are others here, many of us, who have got many more chapters to write. And if you see any movie or any read any book, what starts at the beginning can be very different from the end. Look at your life. Your journey at the beginning of your life compared to where you are today. There have been many chapters written about who you are, what you've done, where, what you've attained. But the story hasn't ended. You are still writing your story. You are still living out your journey. But let's make this our testimony. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race and I have kept the faith and I know that there is a crown of righteousness that's laid up for me like it was for Paul. There is a crown that is waiting for me and when I get that crown, the first thing I'm going to do is to throw it at his feet because he's the righteous judge.
There's so many areas that I'd like to go and pray into right now. First area I'm going to pray, first area I'm going to pray is this. If you have not been walking with God like you know that you should be, and you've not been on the racetrack of your life, following Jesus as you know you could be, I want to pray for you. Because you don't want to allow this world or the distractions of this world or the false prophets of this world or the voices of this world to distract you from the thing that should be most important. And that's your relationship with God. So let me pray in that area first. Father, I pray for every man, woman and child in this room that has known you, has walked with you, but their heart is not as on fire as it used to be. And they've stepped away from your track. Father, you said you are the way, the truth, and the life. You said that there are only two paths in this life. The wide path that leads to destruction or the narrow path that leads to life. And I pray for every man, woman, and child in this place today who have stepped off the track and have got sidetracked with other things. Lord, I pray that the words that I've spoken today would speak directly into their spirit man. Lord, that you would quicken them, that you would bring them back on track. Father, I pray that you would minister into their life and bring back this word. Keep reminding each one of us of this word. I want to pray for you today. If you're going through a time of real hardship, just as Paul did, and you're limping along the track of your life. Father, I pray today for those individuals in this room who are running their best, but they're limping along the way. And I pray, Lord, that all grace and truth and spiritual wisdom would be their portion. Lord, that you would help them, that your arms of protection would be around about them. Lord, that they would know you in the dark and dismal moments of their life. Father, that they would know that you are there and that you are there to comfort and lead and direct our path. Father, we just receive the leading and the strengthening and the quickening of your Holy Spirit in our life this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So what does the Holy Spirit say to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because I can't leave this without you making a response to God. Only you can make that response. And in the quiet moments of your heart, maybe over lunch, and you're chatting it over with whoever's in your house. Maybe it's a quiet moment as you're driving home on your own. Maybe it's when you come back and you're worshipping here tonight. But there's got to be a response from every heart, from every life. Because I don't believe you can listen to a word like that and just say, oh, that was a good message, thank you, and goodbye. 
got to be a 